Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website. Head over to shrinkthink.com forward slash podcast, where we've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hi folks, Gordon Brewer here. And if you don't know me, I'm the person behind the Kindness and Compassion Podcast, which is part of the Psychcraft Network of Podcasts. And I'm so proud to be part of this network along with Nathan and Aaron and the great work they are doing to help people in their lives and in their journeys. And if you haven't discovered the Kindness and Compassion Podcast, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd love for you to join me as I explore both the psychological and spiritual and emotional sides of how we can live into more kindness and compassion in our lives. It's a podcast devoted to helping people find peace and contentment in their lives through the practices of kindness and compassion. You can also check us out at kindnessandcompassion.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think podcast. We are excited to be here again with you today. Thank you for listening. As always, we're here to bridge the gap between clients and therapists. And as always, we want to have a good time doing it. So before we get started, uh, normally I would introduce the episode, like here's the, the topic, and I would ask Nathan, like, you know, what is going on with this? What do you think is happening? We're going to start out a little bit different. You've got a question for me based on some of the things that you've heard and experienced as a therapist. Um, so maybe if you're a therapist, you've heard this before and you're like, yeah, you know, and if you're the uh, a person that is going to therapy, <laughs> you might be like, oh, that's me. <laughs> so um, let's start out with your question. Yes, because therapists will never say that's me. They don't have relationships. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's none of that. No, I want to meander a little bit back up because I think it's cool. You know how you people out there, you probably some of you have read self-help books and you've read some stuff and and you read something. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. Like this person has this greatest idea. They really understand X, Y, Z. Well, you're on the ground floor of a new mechanism to understand your relationships. You sound like the uh, dude from the movies. One man, one desire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened was I uh, was coming down the hall and Aaron step down he goes hey check this out and then he shows me this this deal that he figured out to help another another person and like just it all kind of worked out uh, really awesome and and I'm, we're going to talk about that today and what it is is and i'll just ask it frame it this way so he can kind of take it off it's like everybody has relationships where you you end a relationship and then you pick another person and then you're in that relationship going I did it again. What is happening? How do I pick this same person? And I think as therapists, we try to figure out a way to like help people work through that. But Aaron, what has come to you to help people understand like what is actually going on? How would you answer that? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a common one. I remember when I first started out 
in my private practice. I remember a guy I was working with, he was probably in his 50s or so, uh, his early to mid 50s, and he had repeated this cycle a couple of times. And probably over the course of a couple of years in working with him, I remember going through this process probably three or four times. Uh, and every single time, it would be, oh, I met somebody new. I'm going to try to do things differently. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm with you. I hope it does work out. And also, not too long in, it's like, wait a minute, I think I see some of the same patterns. These things are going on, right? And then sure enough, um, you see them pop up. And then hindsight is like, oops, I did it again, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> you got the Britney Spears situation happening. And and I tell that story, I think, um, mainly because I think a lot of people are looking outward. They're saying, okay, I just need to pick a different kind of a person. So normally I would pick somebody who's tall. Let's pick somebody who's shorter. It's like the George Costanza <laughs> approach, right? <laughs> I'm going to just go completely opposite. And it's, it should work out if I, if I do that. Oh, we have this in common? Well, I can't be with you. <laughs> right. I always respond to that. I'm not doing it this time. That's right. <laughs> right. So instead of looking outward, this whole... This whole episode is going to be looking inward and you're going to see some things about yourself that might surprise you, but that hopefully will make a lot of sense. Um, and in a certain a certain sense, you're going to see that there's a inevitability. There's a Thanos about this whole thing that is going to come up that you're like, well, that seems like it's determinism and I'm doomed to this fate, which you're not. Because really, we want to talk about this so that you can be aware of what's going on. Okay, so that's so, little campers sit there with your hot chocolate and your little marshmallows and the little drinking. And now we're going to take you into the world of how you're repeating all of your relational crap over and over. And you might want to also pull out your journal and take some <laughs> notes here. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Okay. So there's a little bit of a three-step process um, that I want to kind of walk you through. And it's a little bit of an oversimplification, but I think this form formula will help you to see what's going on and to fill in the blanks. Okay, the first thing is, if this is you, then I want you to write down and ask yourself the question, what am I doing or what am I afraid of that is going to happen in a relationship or with this person? So now, do you mean like, do you mean like, um, like in general, or do you mean like, are you trying to say like, think of a relationship that's going? Is it a relationship you're in right now? Is it like, yeah. So if you're in a relationship right now, that's great. It can be like, okay, we're gonna like have a serious conversation. Or if there's conflict, um, you might be thinking, what am I afraid is going to happen in this conflict? If you're not in a relationship, then you can think back into one that you were in before. And you can ask yourself the question, like, what was I always sort of afraid was going to happen? Right. Or was it what was I always thinking? Like, oh, man, here we go again. Uh, I hope this doesn't happen, because essentially that question um, is revealing a core belief that you have about yourself. OK, so take it a little bit farther. Yeah, so this core belief is essentially going to be a prophecy that you are making that you are then going to make sure gets fulfilled, which sounds terrible, right? But essentially, if for those of you that don't know, a prophecy is something that you predict is going to happen, but then your prediction actually comes true, and you're like, I knew it, but what we're going to see is that you actually made it come true. 
Okay, so there's a lot of people out there that um, will think this is the woo-woo, weird psychological crap that a psychology therapist and that kind of thing propagate. So, but when you see this breakdown, um, you'll be like, oh, I guess so. <laughs> so, can you, so maybe, I don't know, I don't know if you want to do this yet, Aaron, but I, I'm thinking you probably need an example. Yeah, let me run. Um, I'll finish out the questions. And I know I'm kind of taking my merry time leading up to it, kind of giving all kinds of disclaimers. But now we'll, we'll run through it and make it practical. OK, so the second the first question is, what are you afraid is going to happen or what do you believe is going to happen? Right. Number two question here is and then how do you react or respond? So this question is really focused on your behavior. And oftentimes you might need to actually slow down and take your time thinking about what is it that I do? Because typically for you, the person who's in, you know, who's uh, doing this over and over again, this is the step or the part of the whole process that you usually skip over because you're so fixated on the other person. Well, they did this or that person did that again, but you don't see what did you do to participate in it? So this is explicitly your action in response to whatever, you know, you're afraid this is going to happen. So that's kind of the setup. Uh, the other person says or does this thing in response to that, you do what? OK, so that's going to be kind of your fear defense response. The third question then is how did things play out after that, which fulfilled your original prophecy? Right. So the third thing is, OK, as you continue playing that situation out, they said this, I did this, and then they da 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 da. And I said to myself, I knew it. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen, was afraid was going to happen. I was right. Okay. You just proved yourself right. Or in other words, you just fulfilled the prophecy you made. Okay. So let's use an example. Let's say that there is a dude that, <clears throat> that has an abuse history. And he has been, uh, you know, physically, verbally abused in his relationships um, with his like mom or his sisters growing up. And then he gets into a relationship, a long term relationship, and he's also gets abused in that relationship. And it's just as he gets treated like garbage. And he says, like, oh, man, all these women are doing this right. Um, his question in his answer to the first question might be something like this. I'm afraid that these people or this person is going to betray me. And my core belief is I can't trust other people. That seems simple enough, right? Based on the experiences that you've had, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so number two, the question was, what do you do to participate? Okay, so this guy's in a relationship and the woman on the other side is a great person. She's very warm and kind and she does something and he's like, oh, well, why did you do that? Right. He's kind of questioning her because he's got this core belief of like, I can't trust you. And she tries to kind of give an explanation, but he's not buying it. So what you're saying, so focusing on the second question there, as far as what, what you're, um, what are you doing that, that the behavior that he's doing is questioning. Is that right? Yeah, correct. And it might start out with questioning, right? Oh, you know, what happened? And then she explains or whatever, but his questioning might turn into interrogation, right? Oh, well, why did you do that? 
and you don't you've never done that before um maybe is escalating in the intensity of the questions and they're getting more direct they're they're getting more invasive maybe and because right in his mind he's thinking i can't trust you you're hiding something or you no, that can't be your reason you're not just a nice person there aren't nice people out there you're trying to do something to me what is it right <laughs> right okay okay so the first thing is, is he's, he's got a lot of experience growing up where he has been essentially, I guess, betrayed. Right. And so he's just he's in his mind, he's going to be betrayed. He's anticipating it. That's all he's experienced, really. I mean, that's the main thing in relationship that's hurt him. So that's the main thing he's afraid of. Correct. So in order to deal with that, in order to manage it, he will, and maybe in this example, ask a lot of questions, which maybe one or two questions isn't weird. Um, if it, if it got to where, I mean, if I'm the woman and I'm sitting there being questioned about everything all the time, I'm going to get irritable. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say you do have, you know, good intentions and you're not hiding anything and you don't, you're not, maybe you didn't mean, um, you know, you accidentally stepped on my toes or whatever. It was like a small sort of a thing. Cause those things happen in relationships. And uh, you didn't mean for that to happen. And but you get interrogated about that. Like, how are you going to respond? What are you likely to do if I'm asking questions and I'm getting more heated about it, more intense about it, maybe even sort of backing you into a corner? If you're the woman on the other side or the other person, what are you likely to do? I'm probably going to get mad and maybe yell at some point. I could see myself, I could see that, I could see a fight escalating. I'm going to defend myself, which I guess could come off pretty defensive, right? So then that gives him more reason to ask questions because he's getting betrayed. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Right. What are some other ideas, other like ways you might respond? I think, you know, getting upset, getting angry makes a lot of sense because to you, if you're on the other side, you feel like you're being unfairly treated or questioned, right? It was a simple thing. Maybe even um, it was kind of a non-starter. It was kind of like, well, that's not really that big of a deal. You don't really need to be that upset about it. The kind of thing that people might be like, oh, okay. You know, you bumped into me in the shoulder and it's just like, oh, excuse me. You know, no big deal. But you're like, hey, what are you doing? Why did you, why did you pull my elbow? What do you mean by that? <laughs> right? <laughs> you're like, I had a person uh, kind of that fits the mold in some ways years and years ago that kept getting accused by her husband that she was going to be, that he was going to, he was, she was somehow cheating. And she came into my office one time and goes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Why? Because apparently that's what's happening. And coincidentally, this old flame showed up or whatever in, in her, somewhere in her circle. And I'm like, just so you know, he's not going anywhere. Like, cause she's like, then he'll leave and whatever. I'm like, no, he's not like, he's not going anywhere, but I didn't have this language necessarily to get around to it. And that's what happened. I mean, she did, she did do it. Um, and then much to her surprise, he was, uh, didn't go anywhere. (laughs) Right. And that's a, that's a conversation. He just accused her more. (laughs) Right. Exactly. More of the same. Right. It's like, you think that I always say to people, it's like, you've got this one play in your playbook, like let's run the ball up the middle, you know, a football thing. And then that doesn't work. So the next time you're like, Ooh, I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to fake a pass and then run the ball up the middle (laughs) because that'll do something different every single time. Right. Okay, so what are some other ways that you might react if you're the other person? Um, so I guess the one way I just said is I would just do it. I'd, I'd, I'd prove it. Like I might, um, I might leave 
I mean, just be done with it, um, which I guess could, you know, validate that as well. Um, I don't know if it, I guess, I don't know if it gets as much as it escalates into the same kind of abuse, depending on who I am as a person that maybe he grew up with, but I could see again, it's possible. It's possible to get really close to whatever that abuse was. Right, right, exactly. And it doesn't have to like mimic it, but you can kind of see if I'm the guy and I'm doing this, it's kind of, I'm escalating the intensity of it, right? And you're trying to um, hold your own or uh, defend yourself, but I'm not letting you have any kind of a defense if I'm the dude and the, you know, the person with the core belief here, because I'm so insistent that I need to prove this core belief true, right? And at a certain sense, you just get so mad that you don't have space to be your own self or to have your own different opinion or history or reasons. You are feeling the projection that that is being put onto you. And so that leads us to number three here is that if you get angry, defensive, yell, um, become violent or just get up and leave, I can then take all of that as evidence that prove what my original suspicion, my prophecy was, oh, you're going to betray me. You're going to leave me. I can't trust you. I told you. I knew it. All right. And I don't know why I always pick people who do this. <laughs> that's right. They always do this to me. And that's the, that's the struggle right there is like, like, why? Why is this even happening? I mean, ultimately, what I have learned and what I tell people is that you are essentially recreating the story, there was a story from when your growing up years were happening of, of what your life was like. It was kind of like this conditioning process. You know, if, if you know anything about uh, basic psychology, there was a guy that did this conditioning thing with dogs where he would put food in front of them and ring, or ring a bell and then put food in front of them and make them salivate. And eventually he didn't even have to put food in front of them. He could just ring the bell and they would start salivating because they were conditioned to then expect the response of the food. And so in the same way, when you grow up, you're, you know, there's a pattern that you experience that you begin to expect and predict and anticipate these things are going to happen. But you also are doing something to recreate it because that's familiar to you. What I like about this, though, is that if you when you think about it, you actually can't control other people. <laughs> you know, you can't, but you can control you. So in the way that you're framing this is around the, the person's own internal world. So it's not about like, I don't hear you saying like, um, wow, you are a moron for doing this over and over. Not it's, at all. No, it's more like if you actually look at what you're doing, look at take yourself seriously, essentially, you can change you. You can you can go you can you can become, I would say, skeptical about your internal belief like, oh, OK, I have this belief. But it wasn't actually if you just met this person or if you've been in a relationship with them for a year or two. You did not build this belief with them. That did not happen. You, it couldn't have happened. You know, you might have different things with them, you know, that, that ways that you know that they behave or whatever that are predictable. But our core beliefs, the stuff that we really trust the damage relationship actually start really early. Or if they start later, it's because of a gigantic explosion that we go, whoa, mama, you know, and that's more in my mind, a little bit more of a PTSD thing. But I don't know if you want to add anything more. Yeah. So a lot of people then ask, like, well, how do I change that? Right. What do I do about it? OK, so here's the challenging part. I mean, it's hard enough to kind of recognize what you're doing to participate in it. And it's hard to recognize it because, A, it takes a lot of real radical honesty with yourself. 
And B, um, to, it's just kind of ugly. I mean, nobody wants to see that, like, I'm doing this, right? But it's like, I'm doing it, and so are you. You're doing it also, right? Okay, so what do we do about it? So a lot of people think that you have to change that core belief. That's true, but that's not just something that you CBT yourself out of, which means you don't just think differently about it. Because your body, your emotions, all of your experiences are telling you this is what's going to happen. And you've got these visceral reactions. Um, so that's part of it. You certainly can tell yourself this logically and rationally, but in the moment as it's happening, that's not going to help you. So essentially what you need to do is, like you said, get skeptical, question yourself. Once you can see that I'm doing this, I'm perpetuating this based on this belief, you need to restrain yourself and not do the thing that perpetuates it. And instead be open to seeing something else that might happen. Because typically what you do is what you always do. Let's run the ball up the middle, right? And instead, let's say, you know what? We're going to try to throw. But we've never thrown the ball before. We've never actually listened and maybe accepted that maybe you are a nice person and that you didn't mean to do the thing. Maybe you're not going to leave me. Okay, so it sounds like what you're saying is you actually don't start with the thinking in a way. What you're starting with is the behavior, behaving different. Is that right? Um, no, not necessarily. I think you can start with recognizing that you have the core belief and that it needs to be challenged. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense to, I mean, the skepticism would come in that in the way of, I guess my thought is when you, we kind of know what we do. So if you are doing something that you realize you've done in a previous relationship, meaning like, um, you start finding yourself going, they're doing it to me again, whatever this is. And then what you would do is become skeptical of why, what are you doing that's inside of this? Like, what is, what is it that you've done the whole time and now you're doing it again? And at that point, you essentially restrain yourself is what you're saying. You don't, you basically don't do that because of the skepticism that you've developed of maybe I'm repeating something that I'm not totally aware of. Yes, that's exactly correct. And the challenge of that is it's going to bring up all your fears, right? So if I have been abused or betrayed in the past, and instead of questioning, I'm going to restrain myself from the questioning. And instead, I'm going to say, okay, I've asked you a couple of questions and I can't find any other reason to doubt you. In fact, if I zoom way out, that's not who you are, right? I know you're this kind of a person. So I'm going to just accept that whatever happened, happened, doesn't mean anything else. And we're going to move on. And I'm going to continue to observe, right? I'm going to observe instead of accuse. And but that's kind of a quiet process, right? I'm not interrogating anymore. And that is going to make me feel really anxious inside. And I'm going to have to manage that without reacting and, and saying, let's run the ball of the middle. <laughs> we have to run the ball of the middle. <laughs> right? um, and that's the growth and the change that you have to do in order to change the cycle, in order to break out of the cycle. It's not just to do the behavior or to think differently, but you're ultimately going to have to challenge those fears inside of you and find a, a peace um, with the fears because you're ultimately gaining courage to be able to challenge it and to do something differently and to see somebody else differently than what your, your own core belief is telling you you need to see this person as. You're going to betray me. You're going to abuse me. No, no, maybe you're not. Okay, so let me, I know we're, we're running out of time here, but I feel like this question needs to be asked. What about the other side of the coin of, of the fact that like people do have a tendency to, to partner with somebody that is similar from before or whatever. And these people might have very similar, like aggravating behaviors or, or whatever. Like how does what you are saying 
affect all of that or not affect it? Yes, that's a great question. So a couple of things. When you change this pattern in yourself, like essentially when you restrain yourself from running the ball up the middle, um, you know, I said earlier that you've got one play in your playbook and you know it inside and out. When you change that, you all of a sudden become open to more information than you ever were open to before about yourself and about the other person. That means you have a ton of learning and growing to do about what it means to um, engage with those kinds of you know, behaviors or personality traits or patterns or whatever they are, both in the other person and in yourself. So you're going to have to grow as a person. You're going to have to mature that part of you where it's like, hey, maybe I'm used to these kinds of things with people, but those kinds of things get me into these patterns. And so I need to start um, engaging with other things. I need to be more observant and see things that I wasn't willing to see before. And in that seeing, you'll just become a different kind of a person because you're like, oh, these things are telling me um, certain signs or these things are giving me information that I was never seeing before because I was stopping short because of my core belief. To, so to use your analogy of the football situation, essentially the other team would be the <clears throat> would be the the partner, whoever this is. So by not running the ball at the middle, and you just deciding to do something different, the other the other team has to respond differently. Correct. Yeah, because they, you know, in this we're saying like you're actually so much more predictable. This is such a script that you run through, and if every time we run the, the ball at the middle, the other person knows exactly how to respond. And they're going to do the same thing, get defensive or whatever, or just, okay, never mind. Yep, you're right. Whatever. You know, whatever. They're going to respond kind of in the similar ways that they know how to respond. And so you, you get stuck. You sort of pigeonhole each other into that same cycle. So even if you've partnered with somebody that has a typical type of response that's very similar to like maybe something you've grown up with, um, when you're different, you get to find out what a different response that they might have. And you'll find out where maybe they're very dissimilar and kind of shocking. Actually, you could find out like, Oh, they don't really, they really don't actually, this is something that's like a, a weird little behavior that they do that I managed to bring out in them. That's yep. the same as the other. and magnify it into something, you know, malicious and evil. Instead, it's just as like a quirk or a downside or a, you know, a normal sort of a thing that you do. It's like, okay. It doesn't have to mean all the things that I ascribing it to. Okay. I want to be respectful of time. So is there anything else you want to add? It is possible to recover from this. It is possible to change these patterns. You know, we as therapists do this all the time with people. It is really helpful. I would say to do this in relationship um, with a therapist or with friends or whatever, because ultimately we're, what we're talking about is seeing a lot of things about yourself that are really difficult to see on your own. So it really does need to be done in relationship with somebody else that can see you, be honest with you, and challenge you. I imagine when you're getting into the actual fear that comes up, it, that actually, you might not know how to manage that, actually, which is how you've been trying to manage it the whole time. It's actually okay not to know that because you can go learn it. Yeah, and you've been, I guess, essentially managing that fear by doing that repetitive behavior, you know, the question number two, by doing the, that patterned action to cope with the fear, which then produces that result. If you could learn how to cope in other ways, you wouldn't need to do that pattern and you wouldn't need to repeat this whole cycle because you could cope inside of yourself in a healthier way. All right, everyone. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to our show. 
Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.